want apple juice. Lucas wants apple juice. I know, I heard him can say I that. Can I have apple juice? Yeah, you can have apple juice. Can I have soda? Yes, you can have soda. Can I press that button? No, you can't press that button. Why? Because that's going to play the theme song. I'm not ready to start Click. the pot. What is up, guys? James Gutman here on High Pod. I'm Dad. Welcome back to another edition of the show. It's Friday. It's the the end of July. It's the middle of the summer. It's 2022. And we are rolling through the year. Thank you for finding the time to listen to this. Find me, whether it's on a streaming service, uh, be it Amazon or Google Podcasts or Spotify or any of that stuff, or even on HighPodOmDad.com, where you can find all the podcasts every single Friday. Thank you. Like, subscribe, tell everybody about it. It's a beautiful thing. So the, the Italians love to say that, right? We always love to tell you it's a beautiful thing. You see that over there? Look over here. See this? And you go in here in the middle, you peel it over there. Look over there. You see that? That's a beautiful thing right there. It's a beautiful thing. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen and and checking out highblogomdad.com. Of course, the alpha, the genesis, the beginning of all of this, beginning back in 2017. Two blogs a week, Monday, Wednesday. Love doing it. Love writing them means a lot. And I think one of the craziest things about doing the blogs and doing this podcast for as long as I have is that I'm able to go back and I'm able to read uh, past thoughts and remember who I was when I wrote them. And that's something that I almost wrote about on Wednesday, but I didn't. On Wednesday, I wrote about you know, stuff that my kid puts in his mouth, things that he chews on, whether it's a toy or food that he asks for that he won't eat or food that he likes that pretty surprising. Not only did I reveal the third food that he refuses to eat, which was shocking because he eats everything, but also his favorite food uh, for lunch is baklava from TJ Maxx. So if you had that on your bingo card, I did not. I bought him these these little baklavas. They were on the, the checkout line at uh, <laughs> TJ Maxx. I don't know if you guys know this. I don't really talk too much about it, but my family, we have ancestors from Greece, although I'm not really Greek. My DNA doesn't have any Greek really in it. But we lived in Greece for a long time. So a lot of the food that I ate as a kid and some of the things were introduced to me were Greek food. So I saw baklava. I said, this is cute. Let me get this. They're individually wrapped. And he loves it. His aide is like, he sees it and he stares at it and he can't get enough of it. So I got to get this kid food at TJ Maxx for lunch. I have to go today to TJ Maxx and get it. Uh, so yeah, I loved it. I got to write about it. But on Wednesday, I almost, almost, almost wrote about how we change and how we evolve and how I've kind of done that too. Sometimes it gets a little too too deep. I started writing it. I thought it came off a little pretentious. I figured I'd save it for the uh, for the podcast. Pretentious? Moi? Uh, so I, I wanted to... That's the oldest joke ever. So I wanted to be able to talk to you guys about it today. But it's important. It's important to take note of your changes. And I've talked about this with Lucas. You know, he's got autism. He's nonverbal. So in order to see some of his achievements, the most important thing that I was told when he was little was to keep track of what he's doing today because six months from now, he might be doing other things. And if I'm not paying attention... And I'm so laser focused on, is he talking or is he, you know, tying shoes or whatever the hell it is that I, I think he should be doing. I might miss the little things that he's doing. And there's been many little things that Lucas has done to improve. But you know what? Me too. There's a lot of little things I've done to improve. And when I started writing the blog that I ended up scrapping, I went back to when I was a kid and, you know, life is difficult. And for me, it wasn't really whimsical. It was a little frightening. It was kind of lonely. I didn't really love 
childhood, not even from home life, which I've talked before about was not good. You know, I didn't really have a great home life. It was not fun. I don't go into detail on it, but I mean, you could piece things together. I've written blogs here and there, but just everything in general, man, even school. Here's something that I've never talked about. When I was six, uh, I broke my leg. I broke my femur in a car accident. I broke two bones before I was even, you know, 10. Uh, broke my femur, right leg, knee, all the way up to the hip. It was in a full leg cast for the entire summer. Here's the problem. I learned to read when I was four. And you go, what the hell are you talking about? Let me explain. Four years old, I learned to read. I knew how to read. I don't know how long I knew, but I just remember knowing. I was reading uh, Huckleberry Hound and His Friends. I still have the book. It was a little golden book. And the person reading to me was shocked. Like, you know this word? And I just remember thinking, like, everyone knows that word. Home, dog. I, I could just read it. Everyone thought it was amazing. I was worried. I thought that something had gone. They're like, oh, my God. I'm like, what, what is everyone freaking out? Got to kindergarten. In kindergarten, I was reading. And the teacher, because back then, they didn't try to make everyone kind of get along, had me read stories to the kids in kindergarten. So they would sit on the, the mat, and I would sit on this little rocking chair, and I would read them little golden books or little storybooks or whatever, um, which was weird. You know, it's nice and it's good, but I was kind of the weird kid that read stories to kids. And then right after kindergarten, I broke my leg and I was out. I was out of school. They didn't even send me to school for the first like half of the year. The teacher would come to my house, bring me work, go back to the class, tell everybody, oh, you know, James is at home. He's not here. He's not in the class. He's doing great. Da da da. So when I came back to class halfway through first grade, I was the new kid in my old school. But making it even worse than being the new kid, because at least when you're the new kid, nobody knows you. The only thing people did know about me was I was the weird kid that read them stories in kindergarten. So needless to say, the first few years of elementary school was not fun. On top of that, I also, I had to do gym separately and they taught me to gallop. I swear on my life, it was the, I don't know, I don't know who the hell thought this was a good idea, but while all the other kids played basketball or whatever, me and one of the gym teachers, she would have me galloping in a circle. And the kids were like, what is he doing? Because my leg was healing and they wanted me to be able to do it. I didn't go to lunch or recess because they were afraid I would get knocked down or something. I remember, it was just hell. It was hell on earth. So I remember a lot of loneliness from my younger years. I remember, you know, and this is not even including anything else that was going on at home or that I was dealing with. Childhood was difficult. And it was scary at times. And I'm not that person anymore. And that was the theme of what I wanted to write about for Wednesday, where it was like, that's not me anymore. And it wasn't. And as I got older, the same thing happened. As I got older, I became calloused and I became angry and I became kind of confrontational. And I, you know, I did drugs, did all sorts of different things when I was a teenager. Partied, as I've always called it in the code words on the blog. But I don't know, we're, we're friends now, right? We could talk. Did a lot of things, a lot of things I shouldn't have been doing. And the problem with any vice, whether it's drugs or alcohol or sex or anything, is that you do it to feel better. But the problem is eventually that high starts to dissipate when you do it. And you remember the things that you're doing it to avoid while you do it. And now you're messed up and kind of depressed about what was happening. I mean, there's a big difference between somebody who first discovers drinking and has a miserable life. So they drink, and they're like, this is great, I don't think about anything. And they're running around, jumping on tables. We used to headbutt walls. We go crazy. And then eventually you become kind of used to it. It becomes just something you do, like, like breathing, you know? And now all of a sudden you drink, but then you remember all the bills you have and all the things you didn't do, and now you're miserable. So that happened. And I'm not that guy anymore either. I'm not the angry guy. I don't, I don't start confrontations. And I used to do that. I used to think I was the wittiest guy in the room. And if I had an insult in my brain about you 
And it was funny. I just said it out loud. I would say things without thinking all the time. I don't do that anymore either. I listen far more. That's something that we were told since we're young and we just don't do it. I remember people would say like, uh, like you got two ears and one mouth. So listen and shut up. And you go, that's good advice. And then you don't do it. You never do it. You're like, you got to listen more than you talk. And then I would just talk endlessly. So I'm not that guy anymore. And I talk about all these far off things. I can even go back to before my heart surgery. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a pescatarian. And I tell people that, you know, I don't eat meat. I eat fish because I eat heart healthy. So if I was a vegan, I would probably kill myself because I would have to only eat heart healthy vegetables. If I could eat fried cauliflower, I'd be a vegan, but I don't eat fried foods. I don't eat whatever. So I, I need sushi. I need dairy. So I like it. But here's the thing. Before I stopped doing it, before my heart surgery, before all this stuff happened, I ate every meat there was. I was a connoisseur of meat. I've eaten meat that you haven't meat eaten. I've eaten rabbit and I've eaten uh, oxtail and I've eaten ostrich and I've eaten alligator. I used to go like to those Brazilian barbecues and I would just try everything. None of them were really my favorite. My favorite was skirt steak. I love skirt steak a lot. I liked, uh, you know, corned beef, I liked bacon. I liked every kind of meat. There was ham and cheese together. Unbelievable. And I can't do it anymore. I can't eat meat anymore. And what's funny is I tell people, not that I can't do it. They told me I could. They were like, well, this is genetic. Your heart conditions is what it is. I said, yeah, but would not eating red meat and these kind of meats kind of help to, you know, stave it off? Maybe I, I'll be able to outlive the reclogging of my arteries. I'm like, yeah, anything will help. Healthy living helps. Okay. So I stopped. And I tell people today, I go up to them and I'm like, yeah, I don't eat meat. And they always have the same response because they're used to these people kind of giving them a hard time about what they eat because a lot of people in my situation are preachers. I do it for ethical reasons. It's like, okay, cool. I don't do it for ethical reasons, although it's a good fringe benefit. I like the fact that I could look at animals and be like, oh, I'm not going to eat him. He gets to live because of me. But in reality, if I could eat him, I would eat him. So people turn to me and they go, oh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm still going to eat meat. You don't eat meat. I'll eat meat. And I have the same response to them that I have every single time. I look at them, I go, I don't give a shit what you eat. Because I don't, I don't, why would I care what anybody eats? And I'm really big on that. I think a lot of us, we get so into what other people do. I don't care. Eat what you want, go where you want, do what you want. Just leave me out of it. I'm great. As long as you're not making me eat what you're eating, why would I care what you eat? But that's not the guy that I am anymore. I'm not the guy who goes and just eats meat. I, I exercise now. I try to keep myself healthy for my kids. I'm, I'm conscious of the fact that one day I'm begun, you know? And my kids are going to be living their life on their own, both my daughter and my son. My son, of course, has autism. My daughter, neurotypical. Regardless, I want to be there for both of them as long as possible. So I eat better. That's who I am now. But all these are big picture things, right? I can go back to before deaths, before my, my friend had passed away. All my friends had passed away. I've lost so many people and, and we change when people die. We just change as life changes. I had a divorce. Life changed. I changed after that. But even recently, and this is the thing that I think is the coolest, is if you go back a year ago, and I can openly admit it now, I really struggled in the time after being divorced. And it was for weird reasons. It wasn't for the reasons that people might think. And I'm not saying this as some sort of insult or whatever. It wasn't because I missed being married. It wasn't because it was so hard for me to move on. It was the fear of my life changing. It was the fear of my kids being negatively affected by this decision that I made, which at the time felt selfish because I just wanted to be happy. I wanted to no longer feel kind of like I was in the wrong place, you know? 
when you go through a divorce, it's usually the culmination of a lot of time questioning what you're doing and why you're doing it. And that's where I was. It wasn't like everything was great and then one day I'm like, done. No, I knew. I kind of had that feeling for years and tried to fight against it. And I was very, very scared that this decision, which I knew in my heart was right, would be wrong for everybody else. And my writing at the time showed you that. I wrote things called, you know, uh, I shouldn't write about my internal monologue and like all these different things about where I was to the point where I remember one of the readers had even been like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And I was not fine. <laughs> I was in a bad place. But I'm not that guy anymore, you know? And that made me happy when I realized that. I mean, it, like everything. Dude, life still will knock you down. You know, I talked before, I wrote, a, I wrote a book that was supposed to come out with my publisher. They ended up having an issue. I was like a month away from announcing it to you guys. And it got shelved. And we're working on the next one. Maybe there'd be something else we could do. But that's a major setback. I spent time writing that. I put it together. I was excited. Gone. This morning, I ended up at Mavis Tire because my tire had a screw in it. Unexpected. Had to get a new tire. There would have been a time that would have knocked me down. That would have been like, oh my God, 200 bucks. I, gotta go to the pl- like, I would have had such an issue this morning. Whatever. I'm back here. I'm drinking a bang. Doing my podcast. I even watched the stupid TV at Mavis. They had like Good Morning America. Do you know what Dolly Parton's secret to mac and cheese is? Do you know? It's apples. Yeah, she puts fried apples in her mac and cheese. Sounds awful, right? I don't care. I don't know. It was weird. But the people on the news and whatever it was, Good Morning America, this guy Ross from, I don't know, uh, TV, obviously, very much interested in Dolly Parton's mac and cheese. And in that moment, I was glad that I wasn't there. I was like, at least I don't have that that job. I mean, he's on TV and whatever, but he's going to pretend he cares about mac and cheese made by Dolly Parton. Um, I try to find the lighthearted side to things because at the end of the day, life is good, man. I do good things. I have fun. I go out. Lauren and I, we've been to concerts this summer. We saw One Republic. We saw, you know, Patton Oswalt do stand-up. We have another thing scheduled in a few weeks. And even, even the other day, man, we went, we sat at the beach and we watched the sunset and we had dinner. I never did that before. And I remember I even turned to her and I said, uh, I said, you know what this feels like? This is like I'm playing a video game. And I unlocked watching the sunset as something that you can do in the game. You know, like after all these years, because I had always thought about it. I was like, it'd be nice to just sit on the beach one day and just be in my head and never did it. We did it. And it was everything I I thought it would be. It wasn't, you know, sometimes there's a reality of it and you like fill the sand and you're unhappy. And it was great. Everything about it was great. We just sat there for a few hours, sat on the beach, watched it, watched people, brought drinks. That's who I am today. And that's what makes me happy. And that's what I'm proud of. And here, here's the big thing to tie it all together and the thing to remember for you, for me, for everybody out there. At the time that I was living my life before, before I quote unquote changed, um, I probably would have told you that I was the most evolved I would be because I was looking back at times before that, remembering who I used to be before that and thinking to myself, look how far I've come. And because of that, I'm able to tell you that right now, as great as everything is, I know that there's parts of me that are going to change a year from now, two years from now, things that I'm going to notice, things that I'm going to improve on, things that I'm going to make better that I might not even be aware of today. 
we are all works in progress. We are all constantly evolving. We're all constantly going to the next level. And the goal is to be able to see that within yourself, recognize the things that need to change and change them. Be the best you that you can be and be as happy as you can be. That's the secret to life. That's our goal. People say, why are we here? You're here to be happy. You're here to be happy without hurting anyone. That's it, man. That's the meaning of life. And people go, well, you have to work. Work isn't happy. Yeah, but you'll be happy if you're not homeless, right? So you need to work. Like the whole idea is to just to be happy, right? If you could not have a house and not eat anything and be happy, then you don't have to work. It's fine. But you work because you need to make yourself happy. Food makes you happy. Being alive makes you happy. Living makes you happy. I just want to be happy. And a couple of things make me happy. Obviously, my kids, uh, you know, Lauren, Christian, seeing them, doing all the things I do. This podcast makes me happy. My blog makes me happy. I don't really market this stuff. You guys notice there's no commercials on these podcasts. I've never really, you know, sought them out. I don't know. I should. Maybe I can. If you have any ideas for me, you want to set me up with that, you can. But that's not the point of this. The point of this is to be happy. And telling you guys about my life and sharing stories and talking about my kids makes me happy. And I appreciate you guys letting me do that. So that's my advice. To anybody listening to this, be happy. Clear mind, clear eyes, move forward. What's, what's the thing? Clear eyes, big hearts, can't lose. I never watched the show, Friday Night Lights, but I love that line um, when I can remember it. <laughs> But at the end of the day, uh, it really is, man. It's just about keeping yourself steady, uh, knowing that there's always room for improvement and improving. And if you do that, uh, you're going to have a happy life. I know. Drink a glass of milk every day for 100 years. You look to be a very old person. Write that one down. That's my. That's today's word of advice. Write it down. Keep it. Save it. You are welcome. Guys, that does it for me. Uh, I've got a lot of living to do. So I will be back next Friday. New podcast. Coming back, Hi Pod, I'm Dad. Monday, Wednesday, Hi Blog, I'm Dad. Read the ones that I wrote last week. They're doing quite well. I appreciate it. I love you guys. Hit me up on any social media, at Hi James Gutman. That's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Find me everywhere. Send me a message through the contact form on HiBlogOmDad.com. That does it for me. Until next time, James Gutman saying, be well. Bye, Pod. I'm Dad. <laughs>